Welcome back to Baytown Engage. We have today two wonderful guests, Miss Eileen Hall and Letty Brish. Oh, I said it right. (laughs) Our city clerk. Thank you for coming in today. And we have another guest host once again. Oh, Jamie's back. Jamie is back. Jamie's back. I'm bringing it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I want to talk about Eileen. I know you used to work for the city. Yes. What did you do when you worked for the city? I was city clerk for several years. And when I left the city, I was assistant city manager. Yeah, that's one assistant city manager. Super important people that's in here. Amazing, amazing. And Letty is the current city clerk. Yes, I've been the city clerk. I think it'll be twelve years in April. And so let's let's even start there. Probably anyone outside of the city has absolutely zero clue what a city clerk does. So in a nutshell, if you're trapped in an elevator with someone and have to tell them before you hit the you know tenth floor, what is the role of a city clerk? I think that's a really difficult question, and I don't think there's any way that I can really tell you in a few words everything that I encompass, but I think the position is responsible for making sure that the city continues to function. I think someone explained it to me once that the clerk's office is like the heart of the city, and if we don't do our job, then nobody else can do their job. But like in your bucket, there's things in your bucket like getting the city council meetings. Yeah, I have a big bucket. So we do everything that relates to council boards and commissions. We're responsible for about 15 to 20 different licensees and permits, one of which is alcohol, everybody's favorite. We do vital statistics, which is birth and death records. We're unique in the sense that not many cities have a local registrar, but because of the hospital, we do get a lot of birth and death certificates. So we we generate that and we maintain that. So we also serve as kind of like historical purposes when people are researching their genealogy and things like that. But we also do public information requests, which is basically anything you want from the city that that's in the uh, way of a record, you would request it from us. And then we would work to either protect it or release it. And one of the most important ones, which is why we're here today, is elections. We are the elections administrator for the city of Baytown and for its two special districts, um, the Crime Control and Prevention District and the Fire Control Prevention Emergency Medical Services District. Thank oh, that's goodness. a mouthful. Yeah, that has, a, that has an acronym. <laughs> and I know, Eileen, even though you're retired, you've yes. kind of been Letty's mentor. You guys are always together, so you've got a close relationship. Yes, and you still serve in a capacity you have a lot to do with, are in charge of, very involved in elections. Yes, I have been for over 20 20 years involved in elections. I work closely with Letty for the city of Baytown elections, and uh, every two years I've worked with Lee College on their elections as well, the administrative part of, of Lee College elections. And what, this is 2020? Yeah. We're in September now? Yeah. Yes. Which yes. means November 2020 <coughs> is just around the corner. Right. Well, it's a lot closer than you'd think because early voting was extended by an additional week by the governor. So early voting begins October 13th. So it's right around the corner. So with everything going on with elections, your job has, it's like the keeper of all things. You're the keeper of all records and everything wonderful. And then the most important thing going on with elections goes with officials from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. How stressful is it right now with everything going on with COVID, having to readjust and do everything differently, getting everyone to the polls to get everything done making sure you have everything in place for them so how different is it for you this election year compared to other years we were actually talking about that during lunch and that it is incredibly different and yet not because there are some things and she and i talked about this the election code which is the laws that govern how elections are administered is very clear 
it doesn't change. It's kind of like that guiding light. However, within that, there are some abilities to expand, tweak, kind of modify. And she and I were discussing just how much Harris County has gone above and beyond to look at ways of expanding the ability for people to vote because of COVID, because of the social unrest that we have in our country and this idea of people feeling disenfranchised or not being able to vote or someone taking their vote. I think Harris County has done an exceptional job of changing that paradigm and saying, no, if you want to vote, we have a mechanism by which you can vote. And so I think they've done a a really great job. They do. Yeah. I mean, that is one professional organization. So let's say I have no idea what I need to do. What's in place for people to get a chance to vote? They ask those questions. I have no way of getting there. I don't know what I need to do. So what can you tell people? This is all your options on ways to vote come October 13th to do it early. So where are your options for voting? Well, for one thing, mail ballots... It's the question in all of the news media that I'm listening to right now. And they have enhanced that process within the law so that it has been made easier for people. As Letty said, also we have in-person voting. That starts on October 13th, runs through October 30th. We have over 100 locations for early voting and over 800 locations on Election Day for Election Day voting. That is in person. Mail ballots, they have made it easier in that you can complete your application. Those applications are online at harrisvotes.com. You can download that, complete the application. They've made it possible for you to hand deliver Mm -hmm. your application to certain locations. Um, I believe there are 10 of them. Yes, ma'am. And uh, you also, when you complete your ballot, you may hand carry your ballot in. It does not necessarily have to be mailed. Of course, you have the option to mail your application in or the ballot once you have completed it. You just need to be very certain that you complete the ballot, read all the directions. You know, when we were in school, how when we were going to take a test, everybody said you need to read all of the directions Mm -hmm. before you start. Same thing, you need to read everything that's before you, before you begin to complete your early ballot. And that goes for in person as well. You need to really pay attention to your ballot. You Mm -hmm. want that to be done correctly. One question, if I have zero computer access, I'm not able to come to the amazing library to get computer access, am I able to call to get that ballot mailed to me so I can do a mail-in ballot? You could call to and ask for the application. You always have to complete the application. And there's another thought, you must be registered to vote to in order to complete that application. Mm-hmm. That's the very first thing. Right. So you would want to be sure that you're registered to vote. You can check that on uh, the voter registrar site, which is uh, Harris County Tax Collector Office. They handle voter registration. Yeah. So you could go call them. They have a number there, too. You could call the local office and ask for that number if they can't help you at the local office. I don't know, you know, how much of the election process they really, really handle at the local office. So probably they would give you the office to Mm -hmm. the telephone number to the main office to help you out there. So we're set up in our (coughs) office that anybody who walks in the door or calls us, we walk them through. And the first thing that I always ask is, are you registered to vote? Right. Well, I don't know. Okay, well, come on in and we're going to check to see if you're registered to vote. If they're registered to vote, I print up the card so that they can see it. And a 
lot of people, and I just had one two weeks ago, came in and said, I need to register to vote. And I and I said, are you sure? Did you ever? And we sat down, we went through, we found her, her voter registration. I printed it up and she said, I have never voted in my life. And I said, well, this is your first step. You have your voter registration card. And our office, all the girls in our office, we're going to be open, you know, from seven to seven to assist voters. But we're also available during, I mean, you can call us today and we're going to try and help you as much as possible. Because in some of the things that we've learned lately, particularly in marginalized communities, is the lack of accessibility to the internet, to having a computer. And and so our job is to make sure that any of our citizens who are interested in voting have that information and feel that we're providing the best service that we can. So if worst case scenario, don't know where to go, just come and see us at City Hall and we will assist you as much as we can to ensure that if you want to vote, you can. And Letty's office is in City Hall in mm-hmm. Baytown, but also just down the street is the library. And we, we're not quite as good. We're not mm-hmm. as, as trained in elections, but we have computer access and our staff too will help you look up things. And a big thing we used to do for people all the time, especially on election day, is they needed to know their polling location. Mm-hmm. And we looked that up. But things have changed, and that's one of my favorite things now. Talk about the change about, I don't know what it's called. They're called countywide voting locations. locations. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to clarify. Countywide polling locations are available in Harris County only. Chambers County does not have that capability. So if you're a resident of Baytown that resides in Chambers County, you will have to vote at your precinct. But anybody living in Harris County, and I love this so much, because a barrier to voting mm-hmm. um, to a lot of people was just figuring out where do I go where do I go and locations change so if you go to the school district or elite college election in May and then go to a November election the polling locations are different and so I mean we've had people who walk in and I voted here for the last 10 years yeah but that was in the May election not a November election so the countywide polling locations this is is it the second year yes including the uh, runoff this last runoff they they had the countywide uh, polling locations and then for the primary, which was a big, big, big. Uh, thing, you could use the countywide polling locations. It's wonderful. I, th- I think that's very well accepted because people are happy. If you work in Houston, live in Baytown, well, there may be a, pa- a countywide polling location next, next door, door or down the street, yeah. and you can vote during the day mm-hmm. sometime. You know, you're out for lunch or something like that. So that has been very well received. So it's the same idea as early voting. If you're a registered voter of Harris County, you can pick any location, any of the 806 locations that they have right now and say, okay, schedule your time. Okay, I know that's on my way to work. I know that I'm going to go get my hair done on Saturday. I can just walk over and vote there. Another thing that I think is really kind of extraordinary about what Harris County has done is what they've done with early voting is really revolutionary. There will be seven, I think they told us seven. Seven places mm-hmm. open till 10. Open till 10. There will be two locations that will be 24 hours prior to Election Day. So they'll start at 7 o'clock in the morning on Thursday morning, and the polls will close Friday at 7 p.m. So, I mean, that is just, if you get up at, you're insomniac, you get up at 3 in the morning and you want to head over to NRG and vote, you're welcome. I mean, that is how how much they've thought outside of the proverbial box, and I think that's just fantastic. That helps with the overnight workers, those shift workers who get off and are missing or waiting in line for these polls. That's a big, big help. And the early voting, we're spoiled, I think, in Texas. For as long as I can remember, you might remember better, Eileen, like how long has been early voting, but a two-week period, and now you said it's going to go 
go to three weeks. Some states, and I didn't know this until I listened you know, to the radio, some states don't have early voting or have very small early voting periods. Mm -hmm. But three weeks this time around and the hours they're giving, there are no excuses. excuses. Yeah, there are well, extended hours and there's extended time frame. There's a drive-through. There will yes, be drive-through locations. They're going to have That's how I got married, drive by the way. <laughs> There will be drive-through locations. We just haven't pinned down. I don't believe they've given we us uh, the numbers that they will have, but there will be drive-through locations. And that's super interesting. Why do you think people wait till election day with with such a big window? And you're always at the polls, Eileen. I see you. You're my greeter, uh, and I live in Houston and work in Baytown, yeah. and I Great always example. vote in Baytown because I get to see Eileen. But why do you think people wait for election day? You see those lines, you see those pictures on the news, and I think they know that they could have been doing this for two weeks before. I think it's because Americans are generally lazy. <laughs> I mean, you really it, want it to is know. What it is. But it's just just the way some people think about well, going into a restaurant. How, how late is the restaurant? Ten. Okay, so I'm I'm walking in at five till. You know, yeah. so I, I just think it's the individual, the way they think about time. It's not you know that that important. So then they wait until the, the very last minute. And, and in the past, they have been in lines that were circling some polling location, mm -hmm. yeah. either in Baytown or in Houston. But I, I really think it's just kind of uh, uh, the attitude about time. The procrastination. You know, yeah. Yeah, that, that, well, yeah, that word is actually the word that fits best. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like people very much, and I don't like waiting in line, so I early vote always. And then we yeah. get upset that we're waiting in the line. Like, well, you waited until, <laughs> you actually waited until last minute which right. is why I think we I think I think we need to do a better job of and one of the reasons that we reached out to you guys was because we need to do a better job of letting people know you have options you have options and these are those options and then you can work to identify what works best for you is it a mail-in is it a drive-through is it at seven o'clock in the morning is it 10 o'clock at night all of those things and, and that's why we're working so hard to have our uh, website up to date to be able to link people to their information to provide the the hands-on service over the phone and in person we know that english and spanish weren't we don't know vietnamese and, and chinese but if we need to we'll find someone uh, to help and i think it really is it's not just about i know outreach is used a lot kind of for everything and it, it somehow has lost its true meaning but when we talk about outreach it's really getting the information out to the people who need it the most and that's what we're trying to do that's fantastic. You mentioned earlier um, the voter registration card that you'd printed one for somebody. I know I'm a registered voter, and I also know I have zero idea where my voter registration card is, and I also am not worried about it. Tell me why I know that I'm not supposed to worry about that. Because uh, they are in Texas, under Texas law, there are seven forms of identification that you must present in order to vote. These are a photo ID for the most part, and if I can remember them all, let's see here, you have your driver's license of course, that's what most voters use. It's handy, mm -hmm. you know, accessible. But if you uh, do not have a driver's license and you have a Texas ID, then you may use that form. Also, there's an election certificate issued. I believe it's issued through DPS as well. People who have handgun licenses, those are acceptable because
because there's a photo oh, yeah. on that document and there are many members of military and they have a photo ID as long as it's photo ID issued by the military and the voter would be able to use that as uh, an identification and of course the old standby passports mm-hmm. passports have been around forever it's photo ID and you may use your passport those are I believe I covered the seven. So there's a really interesting thing. So in the state of Texas, there was at one point there was this idea that you couldn't having to have a photo ID disenfranchise certain people. And then they came up with the election certificate. Well, in order to get that election certificate, you had to show that you were born in the United States. In the state of Texas, there is such a thing as a birth certificate for election purposes, and it's free. So you can get that from the local registrar identifying that you need it for election purposes and we code that in and it's free oh that's good to know. oh i thought i thought about one other i know I'm, i kept thinking i missed one and it's uh citizenship oh, your citizenship oh, yeah. paper yes it has your id on it and uh there are many people who might want to use that so it's do you want to tell them about provisional voting if all else fails Right. In Texas, if you go into a polling location and you do not have your ID, I'll I'll speak about two things. Uh, One is a RID, which gives you a second chance to vote if you do not have your photo ID. If you can present a document that when you go in and they look you up, they know that you're registered to vote. You have to be registered to vote to use this. Uh, It's a RID. And they will ask you, well, do you have your voter registration certificate with you? And if, if the person does, then they can complete the RID and they still would be allowed to vote. And they would need, if they didn't have the voter registration certificate, they would need a government document They or they could use their payroll check mm-hmm. or they could use your rental receipt or your utility bill, mm-hmm. City of Beta. Documents such as these are, are listed there. And they, uh, the people at the polling place will help you if you don't have it you can always they will cancel uh, you and you can you know go back home and get the information that you need you can do that also if if for some reason you do not have your driver's license but you have a driver's license you just go back home and get it and come back and and you'll be allowed to vote because you have the proper you know identification provisional is another way that the voter is protected and the voter may actually vote now one thing it will do it will get you registered to vote if you are not. Mm -hmm. This means when you came in, either you did not have your ID or you had your ID and you are not showing up as having been registered to vote. So in that case, then they'll ask you to go speak to the judge and the judge will explain to you that you have another option. That option is to complete the provisional ballot affidavit. You complete that affidavit and the judge completes their part and they will call the county to or probably now, and uh, they probably would have it online if you're actually voting, you know, in person there. They would look that up, and you would step up. Once you have completed your affidavit, and the judge checks it, then they'll just take you right back to the front, and you will be able to vote. The only provisional thing about that is there is a committee or group, a board, that will look at all of the provisionals, and they'll look at these in accordance with the state law, and then they will make a decision on whether or not under state law that vote should be counted. If they accept 
the vote, they'll send you a letter telling you it's accepted. They'll tell you why. If it's rejected, they'll send you a letter telling you why. So all of these different processes and provisions are made available to the citizens of Texas. That is fantastic. There's a lot. lot. They've thought this out. So if you want to vote... You can vote. Yeah. 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 I, so let me ask this question because it's a little controversy in the news lately. Hey, Letty, what if I wanted to vote twice? So, like, all of yeah. the locations are open in Harris County. So, I'm going to go vote in Baytown and then I'm going to head back home to Houston and I'm going to vote again. So, the system is actually really, really robust. All of that information, because yeah. we are in a joint election, it, it all goes back to, you know, that one motherboard. <laughs> and so, if a person has voted in Baytown and tries to go do that in Houston, first of all, it's illegal. And yeah, I, do I actually you shouldn't do that. For the record, I wasn't actually going to do it. I just sure. wanted to know sure. how I was going to get caught. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So it'll sh- it'll show because it's all in the same yes. da- database. Now, a really interesting thing is, and Eileen and I were also talking about this, is whenever you a- request an application, a ballot by mail, and you have an outstanding ballot in the mail ballot, you have to turn that in in order to okay. vote in person. How in, does that work? There are two processes in Texas. We're talking about if we're talking about early voting, and uh, you go in to vote, and you've asked for a ballot. What they will do when you come up to the station, the clerk will bring it up, and right away, it's going to see requested mail ballot. So during early voting, there may be an opportunity where you you could come in, and what you would do then you go uh, usually to the judge's station. They may handle it differently, but either way, you have to apply to cancel your mail ballot, your application. So you apply, you sign that, you know, it's just a couple of, one signature and a line you have to fill in, and then they'll they'll allow you to vote. Now, the only way they would not is if all while we're voting, we're receiving all of this mail, they have early voting ballot boards that are meeting. Well, they're accepting or rejecting all day long. So if they have met and they have looked at and decided something about the ballot that you have mailed in, then no, you would not be able to vote. That goes back to this statement, oh, well, I'll just vote again. You would not be able to. You would be stopped at that point. And so the, there's no way for you to get around it, whether it's mail or in person or no. But do you think all 800 locations? No. That was my <laughs> the frustration is when people try to not intentionally double vote is because, mm-hmm. well, I'm not sure if the mail is going to get it there, it's coming, or I'm mm-hmm. waiting. Because right now, mail has taken a very long time mm-hmm. to come to anyone. And with elections and the anxiety of getting your vote counted, mm-hmm. I can see the kind of crossing of, yes. well, yeah, I applied for a mail ballot, but I haven't gotten yes. it yet. And all of those Yes, but those there, there is an answer, you know, for that. Also, we talked about, we were talking about early voting. On election day, it changes. If you have applied for a mail ballot, if you go to the polls on election day, you need to have that ballot to turn in. Turn it in. Then you will be able to vote. If you do not have it, that's when the provisional ballot, again, you have to use a provisional ballot because you've already asked for a mail ballot. Uh, There's no way of knowing if you've... 
you've mailed it in, what has happened with that ballot at that point. So if you do not have your ballot, then you would have to vote provisionally and they would go through. And if the ballot that you mailed was timely, you know, then it would be counted. Otherwise, they would not be able to count it under law. But on election day, the process is a little bit different, Mm -hmm. a little bit different. But again, I'm just struck by like how well thought out this has been. (laughs) Do you see how she's like an an elections encyclopedia? So we should play elections trivial pursuit and the yeah. thing about it is people do not know they have I mean it's not that it's not out there you can't access it and find this out but I think when it gets multi-layered and you are of one generation or the other you don't want to deal with all of that and so it's like I, you just throw your hands and go, I'll just wait till next year like no don't wait till next time do it now so that's right go right now and register to vote yes. if you are not registered I to believe vote. the deadline is October 5th yeah, October 5th. And that's and the library has plenty. Lots of voter registration cards. I think City Hall has some. If you don't know if you're registered to vote, you can call us and we'll check yeah, for you. Yeah. Cuz um, you don't want to find out after October 5th because yes. after October 5th it's too late. Registration usually closes 30 days or something like yes. that before it takes the about 30 days. election. Yes. So <laughs> it's something you need to be thinking about now. And clearly it's a presidential race um, yes. which so there'll be high turnout, but locally what are we looking at for choices? So locally we have general and special elections. So the city of Baytown has single member districts 4, 5 and 6. 4 is uncontested, so we will be certifying that before council and she will be elected to the position for all intents and purposes. And then we have district number five, which the incumbent uh, council member Hoskins is not running for re-election. So we have three new candidates and we also have the same thing happening for district six. Council member Himsel decided he did not want another term. And so we have a contested election and we have three candidates. So I'm excited to see what comes into the council because you always want to have different perspectives, different opinions. And it's when you have a diversity of thought and generations and things like that where you start seeing Baytown really come together and and create something you know hopefully bigger better and more wonderful so what else do we have going on with city city clerk's office besides elections what else are you handling right now that's really interesting and in the know and in the news we should know about So before we move off uh, elections, I do want to tell you one thing that's really important. This will be the first election where people will not be able to vote straight ballot. I was going to ask about that. I had heard some rumblings, but I wasn't sure where we were at on that. Yes. You will not be able to vote straight ticket. You will not be able to click Republican and have everything Republican. You won't be able to click Democrat and have everything Democrat. You will have to go and look and vote for each individual. You don't have to vote for each race. But if you're if you want to vote on that race, you must do so. And let, let's talk about that, too. How do you how do people get information on the candidates, the all the things that are on the ballot? What's a good resource? So the Bay Area League of Women Voters always puts out an informational, it's not pamphlet because it's a book, of all of the candidates based on specific questions that they ask. And it's it's not partisan. It's just very kind of fact-based on, on how they answer the questions. And they'll be dropping some off at City Hall. We're going to look at putting that up on our website. And just as it's not the end-all and be-all, but it is a good place to start because it, it'll show you who is running in your, in your area. Another wonderful feature is the idea of sample ballots. Oh, I was going to say that too. I use it. I call it practice. I'm practice voting. <laughs> yes. I always practice vote in my office before I go to the actual 
poll. Yes. So talk, talk about where someone can find a sample ballot. I, I recommend practice voting yeah. a lot because what it does is a lot of times people don't know what's actually in their jurisdiction. So based on where you live, Harris County and Chambers County create a ballot specific to you. So you can get your sample ballot off of the Harris County vote. Uh, Harris votes. HarrisVotes.com yeah. or org. And we will have a link on our website also to get people to where they need to be. If they come to our office and they want to see their sample ballot, we'll, ha- we'll print that up for so them. So will the library. So will the library. But what I think is really interesting is when we think of elections, we think of just candidates. But there are propositions on these ballots that is important for people to, to know, am I in favor or am I not in favor? You know, when you have a constitutional oh amendment, those are huge. And people are like, what? Yeah, what? and when you're reading it at the poll on the little machine you in a tiny what print, you have no idea. Do your practice ballot ahead of time and do your yes. research and, and ask questions. And, ask questions. Yeah. yeah, so we have two propositions. We have the reauthorization of CCPD and fire control, which is it comes up for re-election every five years. And we've had it since 2006. And it helps fund the I uh, yeah. Yeah. I Police think, yes, it's a special uh, sales tax, sales and use tax. It's not a property tax. It's uh, if I go, you know, buy $100 worth of makeup, which I that would never have happen. never done. <laughs> uh, you should see her you know. lipstick right now. It's gorgeous. Hot pink, yes. You know, a, a portion of that sales and use tax goes to CCPD and fire control. And you may see it around town. You know, you'll see a, a fire truck and it says funded through fire control. It, it, it's helped with those kinds of things. Now, I can't advocate for or against it, but I can say it provides funds for the fire department and the Baytown Police Department. And it's on the ballot. And it is on the ballot. And if it is, if you vote for it, and then you're saying, yes, we want it to continue for another five years. If you vote against it, you say, no, I don't want it to continue for five years. If it is voted down, it will go away. If it's reauthorized and it goes for another five years, and then in five more years, we'll bring it back to you again. Everyone needs to remember, too, the sales tax is paid not only by residents of Baytown, but by the surrounding area of people who come into Baytown. All the people stopping shop. at Bucky's. It's thank you. A, Bucky's. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Bucky's. Yeah. The, um, and before we move off elections, too, let's talk about COVID and the elections. I have heard a rumor that early voting is not where it has always been. It is not. So in the city of Baytown, for Harris County traditional, traditionally it's always been in the community center. That is not the case. The city had to use the community center to house the utility billing staff to, you know, help all of the residents that, you know, with their utility bills and things because of COVID to social distance them and and things like that. So they weren't able to use the facility. And we worked with Lee College and the new polling location for early voting, and it will be on election day also, is the gymnasium at Lee College off of Lee Drive, which we think is a wonderful facility. It's a beautiful facility and it'll be able to, it's large enough that it can do a little bit more of the social distancing, you know, have more equipment because of just the sheer volume of people. So we're excited. What else for COVID? Like, have you heard, are masks going to be required? Are they going to space people out? Like precautions, like clean down the machines? What kind of things? So there will be precautions in the cleaning and wiping down and things like that. The staff is required to wear masks to be in the polling place. We cannot, however require a voter to wear a mask. Of course, the the presiding judge, if that person gets unruly and difficult, the presiding judge who's responsible for the polling location can request that the person leave. Um, However, they they must be allowed to vote prior to them exiting the polling place. And then, of course, we will 
wiped down and, and clean and things like that. Uh, one of the things we, that happened, I think it was at one of our last elections, was the electioneering, the wearing oh, of, yeah. of hats and yeah. T-shirts. and. That's mm-hmm. something I think the general public doesn't know a lot about the rules about mm-hmm. electioneering. Yeah, so, you know, everybody says, what's my First Amendment right? Well, it, it ends when you walk into <laughs> the polling place. <laughs> what, what she's talking about is like the distance requirement where you can't be campaigning, like yeah. advocating mm-hmm. for or against anybody. Well, Eileen's had a lot yeah. of experience with that. Uh, you are not allowed to campaign within 100 feet of the door of the entrance to the polling locations, and there are signs that are posted to that effect. Pa- uh, go beyond that sign, and yes, you may campaign. Also, if you're coming into the polling place and you have a shirt that has either a candidate or proposition or political a political ideology, a pol- yes, that plus maybe even a term that a candidate uses all of the time that is associated with that candidate. I think what she's saying is don't wear your MAGA hat to the polling place. <laughs> you, no. you would not be able to wear that hat. Uh, you would need to turn it, you know, like inside outward. Then you take it off, turn it inside outward. And also that would apply. Uh, we've had people with shirts on and had them step out of the polling place and turn their shirt inside outward and things like that. You just can't come into the polling place because that is electioneering. And do people usually take that well when you ask them to turn their shirt inside out? Uh, most of the time. Most, they, of, the most time, yeah. of the time, I would say people are very good about that. Of course, you know, it's like any other thing. There are occasions where people will get uh, a little ruffled if you uh, ask them to do anything. Yes, yeah. You know, so, but we, we are able to handle those kinds of things, so... Do you have a bigger worry right now with everything going on? Everything. They're not, they don't have to wear a mask to come vote, mm-hmm. but everywhere else is making you wear a mask. And some people are very raw behind mm-hmm. it. A lot, lot of anxiety. Anxiety mm-hmm. with, why aren't you wearing a mask? And then do you anticipate extra just stress, though, this up and coming early and day of election with all of that? You can't advertise. You can't campaign. You don't have to wear a mask. I can't make you. It's like all of that going on. Do you anticipate any type of just well, anything? I think this whole election, this whole election, because of the layer that COVID brings to everything that we do, there's a really heightened sense of, of anxiety and fear, I think, with everything. And then, you know, as you go into elections, social unrest, misinformation on elections, all of these things, it takes it to another level. So, you know, part of our job is to, and and why we're always open, is to talk to people, walk them through, help them. At the polls, you're trained on how to deal with people. You're trained on, these are the rules and these are your options. A doesn't work, you go to B. And it's kind of like when Eileen was explaining about, okay, if it's this and you go here, if it's this, you go here. Harris County does a really good job, and so does Chambers County, of holding these big training sessions, big training sessions on what to do, how to do it, how do you respond, how and which we're going to be attending uh, just because we're nerds. Um, <laughs> they uh, love elections. Yes, but my hope is that people will see all of the different options. And if you have an anxiety of, of being around people, then do the drive-through, you know? Right. Maybe they'll give you fries and a soda with it. I don't know. <laughs> but you know that nobody's going to be there at 7 o'clock in the morning. Go vote. You know, th- there there's just so many options now that we hope people will find something that will be within their comfort zone. But most importantly, I think as, as an American, our responsibility is to be a part of the political and election process. And what a better way to participate than to vote. That's right. 
I love that's we should we should end with that. That's so perfect. But, but we can't. But we so, can't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we can't. So that's all. Let's put all election, election aside. Yes. Everything going on, we have the right to be a part and join and do many things to invoke change. Mm-hmm. So right now, what's going on with the Poli- Baytown Police Advisory Committee? Let's talk about that. Yes. What all that is. So it's an exciting time to be a part of Baytown and a part of our community. A year ago, a little bit over a year ago, the mayor in response to the the tragedy that was, you know, Miss Turner's situation, decided to bring a group of people from across the, not just Baytown, but from across the geographic footprint of Baytown to start looking at how do we bridge the communication between um, marginalized minority communities and our police department. And in their work, one of the things that came up was, okay, so this is really an informal group of people. In order for it to be able to advise or or have any kind of, of standing in the community, it needed to be a committee of the council. And During that process, the council was very passionate and very vocal about what they wanted for this committee, what they wanted to see, how they wanted our citizens involved, what is it, you know, more of giving it more uh, structure. That started in June, and then we had some work sessions, we had a retreat, we had another work session, and our city attorney worked diligently to try and find a way to meld all of these ideas into a board, and it was just approved on August 31st. So it's a nine-member board. All of them are are voting members. Each council member gets to appoint someone and so does the city manager and the police chief. For the first term, the mayor may appoint someone who resides within the city limits of Baytown or within our extraterritorial jurisdiction, what we call the ETJ. And the intent of it is to start to continue that work of building those bridges between our community and our police department for people to understand why PD does what it does and how it does it and goes about doing it. And at the same time, the police department understanding, you know, what are the fears and the concerns of marginalized communities and to help start building that dialogue and that communication it could be done through public hearings it could be done through community meetings it could be it's kind of formalizing all of the little things that we do like coffee with a cop or but making it to where it's more cohesive and so one of the things about the resolution is that it says that the council will endeavor to create a board that is representative of the demographics of this community which is very diverse so one of the things that we heard in some of our public meetings was look I don't always check the website I don't always you know, I don't know where to look there. I don't have uh, that technology. So in my office with Public Affairs and, of course, the amazing library, we've started looking at an outreach campaign, an educational campaign to tell the community, look, this vehicle was created. Now let's be a part of that. And how does that, what does that look like? Well, there's an application process and we're accepting applications through September 30th. We're going to be handing out flyers on Friday. We have it up on our website, social media. We're going to have some at our library, city hall, etc. Because we want to gauge people's interest. And if you don't want to apply necessarily, hand it to someone you think might be interested in applying. And then it doesn't end there. If you're not a member of the board, that doesn't mean that you can't have a voice and that you don't participate because this is open meetings and so there will always be a vehicle to be able to participate and just like with voting I think that in order to change the ethos of our community and and the relationship between the police department and communities or how they perceive each other you have to be able to participate yeah and that's that's the key and that's why I'm I'm so glad we're talking about this and the time window is short right because we're already in September the applicant 
applications are due by the end of September, but it, we do have to participate in our government. We have to participate in making our city and our community what we want it to be. Mm-hmm. So this is an op- this is a great opportunity. This is a very important topic, and we definitely hope to reach people that that aren't currently serving on boards and commissions, and you know, showing up at city hall and going to city council meetings. Because there's a lot of people in the community that have a heart for it. They care. They just don't know how to participate. How and to go about that? This is how. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you can call call the city clerk's office, check office. the website. Yeah, and I tell people, you know, I'm a product of this community. I was raised in Wooster, and you know, I'm a product of the Goose Creek school system and you know I did the book it program at this library every summer at those little personal pan pizzas were delicious Uh, so it's very personal for me. This is not a this is not a job. This is very personal to me, and I love what I do, and I'm very blessed to do what I do. But I hate this idea that somehow Baytown it has a negative connotation to to people in this community, and it's been so wonderful to me, and I want to be able to share that and to let people know that this is a great community with people who have really big hearts. We just have to be a part of it and participate. And what does that look like? Whatever you want it to look like, you know. And one way is applying to be. And one way is applying. (laughs) Absolutely. Any questions or any concerns, people can call us. And, you know, I always tell people that we stop and we we take care of people in my department. And also at the library. And also at the library. (laughs) She's trying to put me out of business. I can can hear that. Yeah. Well, no, I I can never do what you do. You guys are awesome over here. Yeah. No, we love it. That's where we should end it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the last. We're going to cut cut everything after that last. Well, thank you so uh, much, both of you, for coming and giving us so much information that people I know they didn't know about it they had no idea so it's out there and they know find it go to the city clerk's office go to our website Harris votes everywhere to go get all vote just go, go vote go vote, go vote Baytown. do your research register first I, I, I yeah, cannot stress enough first. October 5th is the last day to register to vote and you need to make that happen yes. because after that it's too late you have to sit this one out and we don't want you to we do that we don't want you to sit it out Thank you so much for listening to Baytown Engage. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. Stay tuned.